different tests, different challenges that will come upon him. And this is something a person cannot avoid in this world. Allah Ta'ala makes mention in the Quran in Majid, Most definitely we are going to test you, we are going to put you through trials, we are going to put you through challenges. In another verse Allah Ta'ala makes mention, Alif Lam Meem, أَحَسِبَ النَّاسُ أَنْ يُتْرَكُوا أَنْ يَقُولُوا آمَنَّا وَهُمْ لَا يُفْتَنُونَ وَلَقَدَ فَتَنَّ الَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِهِمْ فَلَيَعْلَمَنَّ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ صَدَقُوا Allah Ta'ala says that the people think that they will just bring Iman and they will not be they will not be put through challenges, trials, tests in their lives. Allah Ta'ala says, We tested the people before you. We tested the people from before. And what's the purpose? What's the reason for these tests? The reason is that those to, so it will become clear who are truthful in the iman and who are the liars this is the reason for these tests these are the reasons for these trials coming upon a person rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam in numerous ahadith warned the ummah about different trials and tribulations that will come upon them in fact as we go closer to qiyamah the intensity of the tests will increase rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam tells the ummah Hasten in carrying out good actions before the coming of some such fitna, such trials that, it, that will be like the portions of a dark night. As the night increases, as a person goes into a night from Maghrib to Isha to after Isha, the darkness, the levels of darkness increases to such an extent if there is no secondary lighting available. It can get so dark that a person will not be able to see his, his, own, his own hand. A person will be in so much of darkness. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling the ummah, hasten in carrying out good deeds while you have the opportunity to do so, while things are clear. Why? Because such fitnas, such trials and tribulations will come upon the ummah, where things will now become, become hazy. Things will not be clear. Now for a person to carry out good deeds will be difficult. Why? Because he is unable to distinguish haqq from batin. He is unable to distinguish haqq from falsehood. Similarly in another hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam tells the sahaba radiallahu ta'ala anhum, he, he commands them, تَعَوَّذُوا بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الْفِتَنْ مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا وَمَا بَطَنْ That oh my sahaba, seek the protection of Allah from all fitnas. From all trials, from all tribulations, ma dhahara minha wa ma batan, those that are apparent and those that are hidden, those that will affect you outwardly, those that will affect you inwardly, those that will affect your iman, those that will affect your dunya. All types of trials and tribulations seek the protection of Allah from all of them. Seek the protection of Allah from all these fitnas and trials. And the greatest fitna that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam spoke of. And he warned his ummah regarding about is the fitna of Dajjal. In fact, each and every Nabi that came into this world 
warned his ummah with regards to the fitna of the of Dajjal. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions in one hadith, ما بين خلق آدم إلى قيام الساعة أمر أكبر من الدجال. From the inception of humanity, from the time of the creation of Adam alayhi salam, till the day of Qiyamah, the entire period of humanity existing in this world, there is no fitna, no trial, no challenge greater than the fitna of Dajjal. Now while indeed this is a great fitna, a great trial, that has been mentioned by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not leave us in the dark. He did not just mention the trial and leave it, no. All the trials, all the tribulations that the ummah will go through. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned different prescriptions how to overcome it. How to overcome it, how to defeat it. With regards to the fitna of Dajjal, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam specifically made mention to the ummah that recite Surah Kahf, this will be a means of protection from Dajjal. In one hadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, مَنْ قَرَأَ سُورَةَ الْكَهْفِ يَوْمَ الْجُمْعَةِ فَهُوَ مَعْصُومٌ مِنْ كُلِّ فِتْنَةٍ فَهُوَ مَعْصُومٌ إِلَى ثَمَانِيَةِ أَيَّامٍ مِنْ كُلِّ فِتْنَةٍ تَكُونٍ فَإِنْ خَرَجَتْ دَجَّالْ عُصِمَ مِنْ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that person who recites Surah Kahf on the day of Jum'ah. How long does it take? 10 minutes? 15 minutes? Maximum maybe 20 minutes or even half an hour. But understand the great benefit that is found in reciting the Surah on the day of Jum'ah. Especially as we are moving towards darker times where fitnas are overcoming this Ummah. It becomes even more important. That we make a habit of reciting Surah Kahf on the day of Jum'ah and we also emphasize this upon our family members as well. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, that person who recites Surah Kahf on the day of Jum'ah, he will be protected. So to say, he will go into a bubble of protection from any type of fitna that may come about for eight days. For eight days, he will enjoy divine protection because of reciting the Surah. From every fitna that may come about. فَإِنْ خَرَجَ الدَّجَّالْ عُصِمَ مِنْهُ And this surah, the recitation of it is so great, that the greatest fitna can come about. Dajjal can make his appearance also. عُصِمَ مِنْهُ Because of him reciting that surah on the day of Jum'ah, because of him reciting surah Kahf, he will get divine protection from Dajjal. Dajjal will not be able to harm him. This is the great benefit of reciting Surah Kahf. In fact, so powerful the Surah is that according to some ahadith, by a person memorizing the first 10 verses of Surah Kahf, it will be sufficient as a protection for him from Dajjal. In fact, other ahadith, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he was discussing Dajjal, he told the Sahaba, فَمَنْ أَدْرَكَهُ مِنْكُمْ فَلْيَقْرَأْ عَلَيْهِ فَوَاتِهَا سُرَةِ الْكَهْف If a person among you had to go, had to come face to face with Dajjal, if you have an opportunity, if you have have the, if, if it so happens that you have to meet Dajjal, then at that time, فَالْيَقْرَأْ Then recite the opening verses of Surah Kahf upon him. This will be a means of salvation, a means of protection for you from the different fitnas of Dajjal. So now the question comes, what is so special about Surah Kahf that it has such a great effect that the greatest fitna that can come about 
in the history of humanity, the fitna of Dajjal, by a person reciting these verses of Surah Kahf, he will gain divine protection against Dajjal. So what's so special about Surah Kahf? Why not Surah Yaseen? Why not Surah Mulk? Why not Surah Sajda? Why not Mu'awwazatain, Surah Falaq and Nas? All these different surahs are there. Why specific mention of Surah Kahf? So this question had come into the mind of Mulana Sayyid Abu Hassan Ali Nadwi Rahimahullah. And he mentions, I also wondered about this. I was pondering that what's the special link between Surah Kahf and, be, and gaining protection from fitnas and specifically the fitna of Dajjal. So he says, when I pondered over the meaning and I pondered upon the, surah, the, the, the contents of Surah Kahf, then I found that there is a common theme that is moving throughout the entire surah. Whether you look at the different incidents, whether you look at the different examples, or you look at the different subject matter that is contained within Surah Kahf, there is a common theme that is moving throughout it. Sometimes it is quite vivid, it is quite apparent, and sometimes it is very subtle. And he says this theme is As-Sira Bainal Imani Wal Madiya. As-Sira Bainal Imani Wal Madiya. That the combat, the, the fight, the battle that takes place between Iman and materialism. That battle that takes place between Iman and materialism. In this world, there are two, we can say, two dimensions of life or two ways in which a person, two paths a person can follow. One is the path that a person has full conviction and yaqeen in whatever his eyes see. To such an extent, he has full conviction in the mode, in the system of cause and effect. That if this is found, this will take place and he does not have any consideration of divine intervention. He does not feel everything can take place only with the will of Allah. Rather, this is the cause and effect system that is in, this, in place in this world. So a person has complete reliance upon this. And he follows this throughout his entire life. And this now becomes his goal and objective. In order to see to his material needs in this world, he forgets about Akhirah. He forgets about the system of Allah. He forgets about the control of Allah. This we can say is called materialism. That everything in this world now becomes based on what his eyes can see. He will follow pleasures of this world. He will engage in zina. He will engage in riba or whatever else it may be in order to bring pleasure to himself. Why? Because this is all his eye can see. Beyond this he cannot see anything. He, cannot, he, he loses faith with regards to life after death. To such an extent, materialism overcomes him that Billah he forgets about the existence of Allah. So this is one system, that of materialism. And the other system is that of Iman. That a person understands and realizes that while indeed, yes, there are systems in place, there is the system of cause and effect, but everything that happens in this world only happens with the will, with the command of Allah. Everything happens through the will, through the command of Allah. A person cannot go beyond this. So while a person will, will adopt the means in this world, whether of earning or anything else, he understands and realizes everything only happens through the will and control of Allah. Now this, these two systems, one is Iman and one is materialism. This battle that takes place in a, on a daily basis in a person's life, this, the theme of this is running throughout in the entire Surah, Surah Al-Kahf. And when we speak of materialism, then there are two very important aspects that form part of materialism. 
that can affect a person greatly on a day, on his, in his daily life. One is that part of materialism is the test of wealth. The test of wealth. In, in the Quran in Majid, Allah Ta'ala makes mention in Surah Kahf, إِنَّا جَعَلْنَا مَا عَلَى الْأَرْضِ زِينَةً لَهَا لِنَبَلُوَهُمْ أَيُّهُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Whatever in this world has been placed as a decoration, as an adornment for you, why? As a test. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, many ahadith, many, many ahadith, mentions to the ummah the fitna of wealth, the test of wealth. إِنَّا لِكُلِّ أُمَّةٍ فِتْنَةٍ Rasulullah says every nation had a test, a trial that came upon him. And the fitna, the trial for my ummah lies in wealth. Rasulullah tells the Sahaba, Rasulullah told the Sahaba, I do not fear poverty over you. I do not fear poverty over you. However, I fear that the world will open up before you. Like how it opened up for the people before, the, the people of previous times. Now you will begin to compete in it. This will become the goal. This will become the objective. This will become the, the main thing in your life. You will begin to compete in it. Like how the people in the past had competed in it. And this wealth will be the cause of your destruction. Like it, how it caused the people in the past, it caused their destruction as well. So many ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam warns the ummah of fitna of wealth. But understand that at, at the same time, wealth in itself is not bad. Wealth in itself is not bad. A person can be the wealthiest person, driving the best of cars, living the best of homes, enjoying the best of lives, as long as that wealth does not enter his heart. And now that wealth dictates to, dictates to him, how he should conduct, what he should do. Because of that love of wealth, a person is willing to engage in interest transactions. Because of that love of wealth, he is willing to usurp the rights of orphans. Because of that love of wealth, the inheritance is not shared out equally, correctly according to Sharia. Like that, a person is willing to steal, he is willing to gamble, he is willing to take interest. Why? Because of that love of wealth. Now that love of wealth has, in, has entered his heart, and now, so to say, that becomes his lord. That becomes his means of guidance. According to how much more wealth I can make, I will follow that pathway. Irrespective of whether I break the commands of Allah Ta'ala and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or not. So this is the fitna of wealth. In fact, in one hadith, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions, Hasten in carrying out good deeds before the coming of such fitnas, like the, like the, like the portions of a dark night. يُسْبِهُ رَجُلُ مُؤْمِنًا وَيُمْسِي كَافِرًا O يُمْسِي مُؤْمِنًا وَيُسْبِهُ كَافِرًا يَبِيعُ دِينَهُ بِعَرَضٍ مِّنَ الدُّنْيَا Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says, A person will wake up in the morning as a believer. By the evening, he will be a kafir, he will be a disbeliever. A person in the evening will be a believer. By the morning, he will be but he, by the morning he will be a disbeliever. He will be willing to sell away his deen. He will be willing to sell away his iman in exchange of a few coppers of this world. In exchange of a few goods of this world, he will be willing to sell away his iman. What has happened to him? Materialism has overpowered him. And now he's only seeing what he's only believing what his eyes can see. 
and now in exchange of Iman, he is willing to get something of this world. So this is the first test that is part of materialism, that is, that is Iman. The second test that is, part of, that is part of materialism is what we can term seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. Simple example to understand this. Understand this. Understand this. Allah Ta'ala makes mention in the Qur'an Majid with regards to interest and sadaqah. Allah Ta'ala makes mention with interest, Allah Ta'ala destroys interest. And He causes sadaqah, He causes charity to grow. Rasulullah says, مَا نَقَصَدْ صَدَقَةٌ مِّنْ مَالٍ Rasulullah says, sadaqah will not decrease wealth. Sadaqah does not decrease wealth. What is mentioned here? That by a person taking interest, if he looks into his bank account, if he looks at his statement, or he looks at the money he has in his pocket, he had a thousand, he took interest, he now has one thousand two hundred. According to what his eyes are seeing, in accordance to what his heart is believing, in order to what in accordance to what his mind is telling him, his money has increased. A person had a thousand rand, he comes across a beggar, he gives him one hundred. According to what his eyes are telling him when he is counting his money, he had a thousand, he gave one hundred in sadaqah, he now has nine hundred. His eyes are telling him, his mind is telling him, his heart is telling him, your money has decreased. However, what the Quran and Ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, what they're telling us, Sadaqah does not decrease wealth. Allah causes interest to be destroyed. And he causes sadaqah to grow. So the question then comes, do I only believe what my eyes can see or I believe in what is beyond my eyesight? I believe what is beyond. I believe what is in the unseen. That this is what Allah Ta'ala and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had mentioned. I am willing to follow it. I believe it. Whether my eyes deceive me or not. Whether what I see is, is not in conformance to, to me or not. What my eyes are telling me, I had 1,000 and now have 900. What Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying, your sadaqah, your money did not decrease because of sadaqah. A person like this, many examples in deen, where a person on the one hand, the, his wealth is, his, his eyes are telling him something else. And on the other hand, the, the, what, what is mentioned in the Quran and Ahadith of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is something else. At this time, there is that battle. At this time, there is that challenge. Do I believe what my eyes are telling me? Or do I believe what Allah Ta'ala and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had said? These same fitnas will be the fitnas that Dajjal will come with. The test of wealth, the test of seeing is believing. Dajjal will come to a nation. He will come to a group of people. He will tell them, bring Iman upon me. These people will refuse. We will not bring Iman in you. By the next morning, all their wealth will be finished. All their wealth will be destroyed. They will become paupers overnight. Why? They did not believe in Dajjal. The test. Similarly, he will go to another nation, another group of people. He will tell them, bring Iman upon me. They will believe in Dajjal. Automatically, overnight, they, 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 their fortunes will change for the better. And now their wealth will, be, they will begin to prosper. Their wealth will begin to increase. This will be the test of wealth. That will come with Dajjal at that time. Similarly, when it comes to seeing is believing, if Dajjal will come to a Bedouin, he will come to a villager, he will tell him, bring Iman upon me, this person will refuse. Dajjal will tell him, if I bring your parents alive, if I have to bring your parents back to life before you, then are you willing to then accept? Seeing is believing. He says, yes. Two shayateen will come in the form of this person's parents. 
they will come before him. This, this, these two people who are shayateen will address this person and say, believe in him. Believe in what he is saying. The chest of Dajjal. This person will fall into the trap. He will, accept, he will bring Iman in Dajjal. He will lose his Iman. Like this, the chest of seeing is believing. These are the different tests and trials that, that Dajjal will come with. So now, when we look at Surah Al-Kahf, the theme that moves throughout it, Al-Sira'a wal The battle, the test, the, the, the battle or the fight that takes place between Iman and materialism. Between what takes what is mentioned in the Quran Majid and the Hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam versus what my eyes can see. And in the different incidents that inshallah in the coming weeks that, would, that are mentioned in Surah Kahf, we will see this very same theme coming about. The first incident that will inshallah will be discussed in the coming weeks is the incident of the, of the people of the cave, Ashab Kahf, those youngsters that left that village. So what they did, they had to physically move away from a nation that was not, that was not in conformance to Sharia. A nation that did not bring Iman. Physically, they had to move away in order to save the Iman. The second incident that inshallah will be discussed is the incident of two brothers. One was wealthy, the other was a pauper, he was poor. And the test of wealth that came upon that wealthy person, how, how, how that wealth ended up destroying him. The third incident that inshallah will be discussed is the incident of Musa alayhi salam and Khazir alayhi salam where Allah Ta'ala explains or Allah Ta'ala shows Musa alayhi salam some of the hidden administration in this world that everything in this world is not only what you can see there is a hidden administration beyond what, is your, what, 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 what your eyes can see this comes about in the incident of Musa alayhi salam and Khazir alayhi salam. And the fourth incident where Allah Ta'ala makes mention of, of Dhul Qabnain. Dhul Qabnain was a person who was extremely wealthy. He was a ruler. But despite him having wealth, despite him ha having all the means of this world before him, he was still a loyal servant of Allah. He did not allow that wealth and that power to come to his head. And he did not use it in the disobedience of Allah. These four incidents highlights. This, the, the, the theme of the battle between Iman and materialism. And once again, this, to emphasize how important it is, whether on, in a, in, on, a day, on a weekly basis, on the day of Jum'ah, make it a habit to recite Surah Kahf. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I'm repeating the hadith. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentioned, Man qara'a, yawma, man qara'a surat al-Kahf, يوم الجمعة فهو معصوم إلى ثمانية أيام من كل فتنة تكون فإن خرج الدجال أسم منه In these times of tests and tribulations, in these times where people are finding things hazy, finding, things, find, find, finding great fitness coming about, how important it is to recite the surah on the day of Jum'ah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says that if a person recites surah kahf on the day of Jum'ah, then he will be protected from every type of fitna that comes about for eight days. فَإِنْ خَرَجَ Dajjal, If in this period of time, Dajjal had to make his appearance, Usima minhu, then he will gain protection, he will gain salvation from the fitna of Dajjal. We should make it a habit of reciting the surah, and we should make it a habit of emphasizing upon the people around us as well. Also with regards to memorizing the surah, especially the first ten verses. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has explained that memorizing these first ten verses is also a means of protection from Dajjal. So if a person has not memorized it, 
then slowly, even if it had to be one ayat a, a week, one ayat a day, one ayat a week, let us make an effort to memorize these verses of Surah Kahf. It will be a means of protection for us, a means of protection for the people around us as well. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq by bringing alive the sunnah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at all times. May He allow us to be protected from all the different fitnas around us and especially when the fitna of Dajjal comes, may Allah Ta'ala protect each and every one of us. Alhamdulillah, <laughs> ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد يا أيها الناس أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله فقد فاز المتقون ويقول الله عز وجل يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم إن أولى الناس في المتقون من كانوا وحيث كانوا وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يكون هواه تبعا لما جئت به وقال تعالى أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا دخلوا في السلم كافة ولا تتبعوا خطوات الشيطان إنه لكم عدو مبين بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم ما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ونسائر المسلمين فاستغفروا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أبسله بالحق بشيم ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطيع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعصهما فإنه لا يضم إلا نفسه ولا يضم الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي أمتي أبو بكر وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر وأصدقهم حياء عثمان وقضاهم علي وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة والحسن والحسين سيدة شباب أهل الجنة وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسوله اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا مدوان الله تعالى عليهم وعن كل الصحابة أجمعين الله الله
الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غبدا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قبني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار ربنا لا تزيغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب اللهم انصر الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر المسلمين في غزة اللهم انصرهم في فلسطين اللهم انصرهم في كل مكان يا أرحم الراحمين اللهم عليك باليهود الغاسدين اللهم عليك بهم فإنهم لا يعجزونك اللهم خالف بين كلمتهم وزلزل أقدامهم وأنزل بهم بأسك الذي لا ترده عن القوم المجرمين اللهم اكفناهم بما شئت اللهم اكفناهم بما شئت اللهم اكفناهم بما شئت ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القضى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والباغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروني ولا تكفرون الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمي الله لمن حمد الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع 
وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبن كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله على نفسه ولا تقسموا على الله وعلى نبي صلى الله عليه وسلم على المنصف